it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Series Regular, the Hollywood Reporter's all-in podcast on genre television. I'm your host, Josh Wiggler, and for the next several weeks, we are all in on one show and one show only, HBO's Westworld. This week, we are talking about episode three of season three, The Absence of Field. It centers largely on Tessa Thompson's character, and I'm tempted to say... Charlotte Hale. I will probably say Charlotte Hale for the rest of the podcast, but obviously the truth is a lot more complicated than that. Bring yourself back online. Recording timestamp. This is Charlotte Elizabeth Hale. This is a message for Nathan. Charlotte Hale, the Delos board director who stalked seasons one and two of Westworld, is dead. Killed at the hands of Dolores at the end of season two. You wanted to live forever. Be careful what you wish for. But there is still room for Tessa Thompson on the show, as the season two finale illustrated. Dolores escaped the park by wearing a body designed by Bernard that looks exactly like Charlotte Hale. Here in the present timeline of season three, someone is still kicking around in that Charlotte Hale suit, running Delos for Dolores' needs. Who is it? Episode three didn't tell us. We still don't know, but we got a much closer look at the psyche of this character. Whoever it is that's lurking inside of Charlotte Hale is having a really difficult time pretending to be this person. Maybe one of the most miraculous magic tricks Westworld has ever pulled off is making you kind of feel bad for Charlotte Hale. This episode, The Absence of Field, invites you into her life a little bit, shows you that Charlotte was a mother, not just a greedy Delos board member who hated robots. She loved her son Nathan deeply. Her son Nathan is a very sweet child who very clearly knows that the woman parading around as Charlotte Hale is not his mom, at least not exactly. We also find out that Charlotte Hale wasn't even necessarily super loyal to Delos. There's a mole problem here in Delos, as we find out in Westworld Season 3, Episode 3. And Charlotte, this new Charlotte, is trying to figure out who on the board is working against Delos's interests. Turns out, it was Charlotte herself. You work for him? As do you, Charlotte. Rock. Have you forgotten our arrangement? Seems like you've been playing your role maybe a little too well. The situation has been challenging. She finds this out in a very intense meeting with Sirak, the character played by Vincent Cassell, introduced at the end of episode two, The Winter Line. What does he want with Delos's controlling interests? 
We're going to talk about that a little bit more today in the podcast with myself and THR senior producer, Mariah Gullo. On top of that, we'll also talk about everything going on with the Aaron Paul character, Caleb Nichols, who collides with Dolores this week in a much bigger way than even the season premiere. Caleb and Dolores' paths are now very much linked, and we are very much interested in a certain breakfast order that is placed on Caleb's behalf. To unpack that a little bit more, let's bring in Mariah Gullo. All right, Mariah, bring yourself back online for a cheeseburger and strawberry shake. Look what I got for you. I remember what it's like to be me, Josh. <laughs> oh my God, what a what a neat trick! I knew your order. Uh, how did I? How did, what would be your your standard diner order? Uh, are you on? Are you and Aaron Paul eating the same thing for breakfast, or are you going well, a different way? You know, I think Aaron Paul might have ruined strawberry milkshakes for me for a while. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> Which is the problem, Mariah, because in uh, in our current situation, like I'm I'm relying very much on the same breakfast every morning. I've been making uh, like a berry smoothie every morning. Oh, that's uh, good. That's really healthy. Antioxidants. It is. It is, and I've got like the the acai in there, and it's just got a lot of great stuff in it. But I'm gonna have a hard time blending it together without thinking about Aaron Paul. I think I'm just going to try and focus on the good stuff with Aaron Paul and not so much on the poor, scared little Caleb version oh, uh, that we got that in this was, episode. That was very painful to watch. I I am one of those people who gets just gets uncomfortable with any situations where somebody is you know, feeling shame or fear or humiliated. It doesn't matter if it's a bad guy or a good guy. That situation, their, their anxiety translates to you. You feel anxious for yes. them. Yeah. Yes. So I, we are simpatico, of- my friend. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of that this week. Yeah. Was, I mean, this was a this was a very anxious episode of of Westworld. It was very stressful. You know, it's obviously it's like it's Aaron Paul's character coming to grips with so much of what his reality is really all about, and finding out about how much control the powers that be have had over his existence. And uh, I think we could talk about some of the details from from that. I think there, there's a lot of sad information that we get there. But even like everything that's going on with Charlotte, like Charlotte herself is obviously very stressed out. But we as the viewer, we're very stressed out as well because we get a real great Tessa Thompson showcase this week, but we walk away from the week still without, you know, concrete information about who she is who now, uh, you know. are you, Charlotte Who are Hale? you, lady? <laughs> who are you? What was your, what was your overall reaction to, to our three here of season three? Oh, I loved it. I love seeing Tessa Thompson have to go through so many different character changes. In one episode, she goes from a mole. She's an AI, a host hiding inside of a human. She's a human hiding from other. I mean, I, I don't even lot. know how to explain it, but um, she has to be at least five different personalities in one episode. And I loved it. It was it was delicious. It was delicious acting, in my opinion. Yeah. Better than a strawberry shake. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to evoke the strawberry shake too much, but I'm sure this is not the last time I'll bring up the strawberry <laughs> shake. No, Tessa was amazing in this episode. She was really great. This was this was probably 
Uh, I don't even think probably. I think this is definitely the best showcase of Tessa Thompson of the whole series. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. she's a character that really activates towards the end of season one and is a huge force of antagonism from that point forward through the season two finale. And then she gets killed. And there's like this really amazing twist of, oh, my God, Dolores was in Charlotte's brain and she was able to escape the, the, the park that way. But then we got to the end of season two and Dolores is out in the world uh, and she's bringing Bernard back online. And there's Tessa Thompson, just like the lackey, right? Like the bodyguard Mm -hmm. lurking in the background. Like, who are you? Who is that now? And we don't have clarity on the answer yet as of this episode. Um, But what we we do get is, I think, a real vivid identity crisis in like massively cool science fiction form. Yeah. uh, Where, like you say, it's just like it's the robot who clearly is struggling with who she is now. No matter who it is that's in there. This is somebody who is struggling deeply with being Charlotte Hale. And the show is like trying to make us feel bad for Charlotte Hale, who was so terrible to so many people in the in the first two seasons. And like that's a bit of a magic trick, Mariah, that they were able to kind of pull that off with everything connecting her to her child. I I had I suddenly found myself with tons of empathy for this character who's no longer with us. Yeah, absolutely. There was nothing creepier than seeing host Charlotte Hale try to connect with her child with Nathan, and, ch- yeah. and Nathan is very suspicious. But you do feel for the host. I have the question of when the host is saying it's like she's trying to take back control. It makes right. me wonder is this a possibility? Is it a possibility for the person that they're impersonating to be able to take control back? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing too. Of like, is it just is it metaphorical or is it literal? When right. she says it feels like she's trying to rip me out of her skin, is it like, is it a commentary on the further evolution of the hosts that they are able to feel? Uh, you know, now that they're conscious, now that many of them are conscious, that they can feel a certain level of like guilt and shame. Is whoever is running around as Charlotte now not feeling so great about this mission that Dolores has set her on? And is she starting to feel her own sense of empathy for the woman who is deceased, the woman she's parading around as Charlotte Hale, now that she knows about her ex-husband or whoever the Michael Ely character is, uh, now that she's you know connecting with her, her son, with Charlotte's son, and Charlotte's son being like, you're not my mom. I miss my old mommy is, is so brutal. And Mm -hmm. if this is a host who is, who is learning like what it's like to, to wake up and, and be real and have your own emotions and everything, this is a very painful way of entering the world, having to wear not just somebody else's face, but the face of somebody very prominent who you just kind of thought of as a monster and is now being revealed to be if not more than a monster, then at least the monster has a different side of her, uh, that yeah. there's, you know, there's something about her that is that is redeemable, that she seemed to be a really good, loving mom. So that piece of it, of, is, is it just a host who's starting to empathize? Or is it, like you are saying, like you're suggesting, is it possible that Charlotte is somehow still kicking around in there? Like, mm-hmm. we don't know the extent of, you know, so Bernard brought Charlotte back, right? Mm-hmm. Bernard in season two, brings the Charlotte host body online, puts Dolores in the Charlotte host body, Dolores via Charlotte, uh, who Evan Rachel Wood and Tessa Thompson at the time referred to as Holores, 
Holoris <laughs> kills OG Charlotte Hale and then is able to leave as her. But it's only possible because Bernard puts this plan into place. Is it possible that Bernard has a level of foresight that we have not yet seen that he like built some sort of Charlotte Hale backdoor failsafe into the Charlotte body? Like, could right. could he have like because Dela's had this possibility of like they had everybody's psyches mapped, right? That's uh, right. So like, so does she still exist? Is she still in there? Is she literally fighting for survival? Uh, could be something that we could see, which would be right. There was pretty wild. Ford saying that the 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 dead could be resurrected somehow, you know. So we're always waiting to see if uh, if the show is going to pull that trigger. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. It's really interesting, and I. I, I think you know. I wonder what the what the line is going to be from the audience of how frustrated are we that we still don't know who Charlotte is versus how compelled are we with whoever's journey this is that this seems to be a difficult ride and like who does that narrow it down to? I think like a lot of like uh, the popular suspects coming into the mm-hmm. season would probably fit the bill. Like, is this somehow Teddy? Like, the there Teddy, is a closeness. Is it Clementine, is it? You yeah, know exactly, are... Clement. Clementine is on my mind watching this episode. Like there's the way that Charlotte gestures at her own face when she's looking in the mirror. That feels very much like the reveries of of Clementine. She has a fairly big reaction when she hears that Maeve's control unit is no longer at Westworld when the when the guys come and tell her that we're doing inventory right now and mostly like side characters are missing but this one is also missing and it's Maeve. If that's Clementine, you would understand why she would have a big reaction. If it's Teddy, you would understand why he would have a big reaction. And both of those are people that I think in the past have shown a level of empathy towards humans and everything like that, but also certainly with Teddy, a closeness towards Dolores. So I think that those are are still solid bets if those are your bets coming into it. The one thing I would say is very clearly the show is deeply interested in the who is this person question like I thought it could be possible that like it wasn't really going to matter and it's just a new character but the question of like who am I who am I really is so on the forefront of the show's mind that uh it's going to have it's going to have a very specific answer and I'm sure whoever Charlotte is is somebody that we know and it's interesting to see this host so vulnerable so exposed compared to Dolores who is basically murdering people in a little black dress and dragging (laughs) bodies around like they're a beanbag. It's really fun to see how powerful Dolores has become. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think like the contrast this week between Dolores and Charlotte was especially stark and uh, really helpful because I think like to have somebody who's obviously in cahoots with Dolores, but is maybe feeling a little like sketch about it. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know that I feel great about what's going on here. I think it's a good counterpoint to have um, in the, you know, in the family, as it were, for Dolores. Like, even when she does link up with Charlotte and she and Charlotte go up to the hotel, uh, to the hotel room, and Dolores is doing that really sweet thing she does where she's talking to somebody in her ear and she's able to just, like, book rooms on the fly. Which, man, <laughs> uh, when this is all done, Mariah, that would oh, be a boy. really cool feature to, to incorporate uh, for future travel purposes. Absolutely. Uh, should we should we be so lucky? Uh, Alexa, and, and even, get me a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be really great. And even then, like Charlotte's like, are you booking these rooms on either side because you're going to kill me? And Dolores is like, it's not going to come to that. The fact that she says it's not going to come to that is like she's leaving open like 
if someday it does come to that, I'm willing to take that measure. Uh, so I think that that speaks pretty intriguingly to the dynamic between these two characters. And I think it, you're absolutely right that like watching Dolores in, in the in the black dress just dragging people around like they're you know like like you're a, a kid with a blanket and you're looking for your mom. Like it's that like the the physical ease with which she is dragging people all over the place. That is uh, not that is not easy. I remember no. seeing Mr. and Mrs. Smith and seeing Angelina Jolie with two desert eagle guns in her hands shooting and thinking, well, that doesn't look realistic at all. But the way that Evan uses a gun, the way that she drags herself around, it really feels like there's weight to everything she's doing. So I believe that she is a robot and not a human being with average human being strength. Right. Uh, Let's talk about Dolores, because this is a big Dolores episode. We took a week off from Evan Rachel Wood last week. We took a week off from from Aaron Paul. And Mariah, you didn't get to talk about the premiere with me. Uh, So we we talked about it a little bit, just like sort of broad strokes of what you're enjoying about the season three reboot. But now we're going to get a chance here to to talk in, in really great detail about what's going on with Dolores and what's going on with with Caleb, the the Aaron Paul character, mm-hmm. uh, and the the meet cute is over, right? Like mm-hmm. it, that that has happened now. It was almost like a, a meat cute because there was lots of dead bodies involved. <laughs> uh, it was it was very very violent. But they are now connected, and it seems like Dolores has recruited Caleb to to her cause. Like she goes through this really grand gesture of inviting him into her circle. What did you make of everything that was going on with Dolores and Caleb this week? Well, I really enjoyed this line. What are you going to do? Start a revolution? No No offense, offense, but what what the the fuck fuck does does that that mean? (laughs) Caleb is all of us. Caleb is all of us. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think very intentionally, Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy create the Caleb character as one of the first relatable human characters on Westworld. And I think you're exactly right. Like that line is like, thank you from from your (laughs) lips to to God's ears. That is exactly the question that is on my mind. WTF is the question. (laughs) They have a wonderful chemistry. It's really fun when they're together, when they're talking. You not only do you get great information because Dolores is explaining to Caleb how things are working in this world, but you also get this great chemistry between the two of them and you you know that this is going somewhere you know and it's very exciting to watch and i think that dolores has made a good case that caleb should jump on board with her but he's he's always going to be questioning her which is fantastic because then we get information Yes. Yeah. As long as someone's in the room asking questions, I think that's going to benefit us greatly. And if they're if they're doing it uh, and if the avatar for that is is Aaron Paul, that's a pretty top notch ambassador for uh, for the the line of inquiry. I think Um, through through the conversations between Dolores and Caleb, we come to find out um, a little bit about Caleb's past. You know, his mother, who he's been checking in on that we've seen throughout the premiere and now a little bit here in episode three again that she she abandoned him when he was young she had a schizophrenia diagnosis this was all very traumatic it was uh the worst day of his life uh, he got a free strawberry shake but he threw it up and ruined strawberry shakes for everybody forever uh <laughs> I, i'm doing my part to to further that narrative i suppose uh and dolores knows everything about it right like she knows that story inside mm-hmm. and out and that really sketches caleb out it uh doesn't even, it doesn't make him angry mariah it makes him enraged uh, is the right. word that he uses. And then he comes to find out that 
this is all because of like the predictive algorithms of Insight and the Rehoboam computer and the fact that it's really it, it makes assessments of people because it has all of this raw data that's been inputted into it, that it makes assessments of like basically like risk value judgments, right? Of like this is what this person is likely going to be worth. So let's just, you know, curtail their existence in this direction to work within that. And by extension, like you're you are you're making this thing that you're predicting possible because you're ruining their shot at being anything different by being anything other than what you're just predicting them to be. And Caleb is really furious about this. And this is a very scary concept for all of us who are we've been living in the age of social media. And we if we were extremely online before Mariah, I don't know what we want to classify the current era of being online as we are astonishingly online today. Uh, and I think that this is a pretty scary indictment of the future through the lens of Westworld. Yes, it feels a lot like the net neutrality controversy yeah. because basically the Insight computer, Rehoboam, is able to slow down your internet or, you know, like basically put a, put a boot on your neck right, so that you fail. So, yeah, I feel like this is... It's interesting because... Uh, uh, my boyfriend and I have arguments all the time about this idea of if you could have a computer, it's weird that we have this conversation, but if you could have right. a computer that could tell you all of the right moves that you could make the the good moves, this is the healthy choice. This is the choice that'll save you money. Would you give up your free will for it? And here we are. Yeah. And we're, we're asking that question on the show and Caleb is certainly asking that question as well. And the answer he seems to arrive at at the end is like, Revolution sounds good uh, because, <laughs> because, you know, what he's getting from from insight and what he's gathering from Dolores, who's, you know, shown him this magic trick. Uh, you know, I think he doesn't need much to, more to be convinced other than going to the diner, like getting the exact order, getting all the details of that story, you know, parroted back to him and then being told this predictive algorithm suggests in 10 to 12 years, you're going to take your own life here at the Santa Monica Pier and that is like very scary to him. He's like, come on, that's not going to happen. And she's like, have you never come out here and considered it? And we see like flashes of times when he was there at night and he's looking out there uh, and like he knows within himself that like, okay, I guess I've considered it. I guess they think that this is the likely thing to do. And so he's going to rebel against the machine. Um, he's Neo now, from the matrix. He is. Yeah. He's taken, was it, do you take the blue pill or the red pill is the one that wakes you up? I don't remember. I don't remember. Taking the wake-me-up pill. That's right. Someone someone can let us know the color. Um, (laughs) But uh, she says that she's going to cut the cord of the system and show the world for what it really is. My question for you, Mariah, is we've known for a long time that Dolores has had it out for humanity. We watched her in season two. She really was going up against human beings with real ruthlessness, not a lot of reserve, not a lot of love for anybody. And here she's meeting Caleb, and it seems like they have a connection. It seems like she sees a lot of potential in him. It seems like she's talking about the revolution in in terms where she's not clearly articulating what it is that she is to Caleb, Mm -hmm. right? If her plans involve destroying humanity, she's not really letting him know about that piece of it. Do you think that her plan does involve destroying humanity, or is Caleb opening her eyes to the possibility that uh, host kind and humankind can live side by side. Yeah, that's interesting because obviously her meeting Caleb is going to change the path of her direction, but it still 
it just keeps reminding me, why did she create Bernard? If she is so hell-bent on destroying humanity, did she recreate Bernard and send him out into the world so that he could be a check on her or that right. somehow he was going to be useful to her in the future? Why is she going to Caleb, somebody who is a human, who is basically uh, she sees potential in, is that going to be a problem for her or is that somehow going to advance whatever the ultimate plan is? Right. We don't know yet, but it, it's it's great to have these characters linked up this early on in the season. We still have five episodes left. So for Dolores and Caleb to be working in tandem with each other at this point, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy about that. You know, I'm I'm unhappy about and I think we have to pour one out, pour out a strawberry shake for your friend and mine, George the Robot. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. George. Uh, it's the end of the line for poor George. I really wonder. I, I, I mean, that first of all, what I wrote in my notes was robot super fake out. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I love these robots. I stand the robots. All of yeah, the, me too. All of the robots have been amazing so far. I love their death It's a pro-robot podcast, pro-bots. Yeah, I mean, we're out of Westworld, but we still have railing kills. You know, like the guy fought, the Western guy falling off the balcony. Like, we still have that, but in the form of a robot. Right. It's sad, though. I don't, I, I... I don't know that they're going to be able to, he seemed pretty smashed to smithereens, but it, it was very touching that like George gets like the call, right? Like yeah. uh, he knows his partner's in pain. He's like, oh, Caleb's here. It sounds like he's in distress. I got to go help Caleb. And poor George walks all the way up there and they just like sidestep and push him over. He doesn't even get to put up a fight. I so know, sad. I know. I but hated I, it. You know, it's, he did, he did the right thing. He distracted yes. them for a moment. That's all. That's all he needed. He bought. He bought Caleb a little bit of time. His he death was, was not. In he vain. was falling, and he went. I regret nothing. <laughs> I think George is the early MVP of season three. Uh, <laughs> Maybe MVP George will be episode. back. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I suppose it's possible. We get in this episode a little bit more about Ciroc, uh, about the the <laughs> Vincent Cassell character, and that uh, there's been this like long drawn out uh, micro takeover of Delos over the last several years that like 38% of the company has been bought out. It's enough to make it impossible for Delos to go private. And this all gets sourced back to Ciroc, uh, who is like the invisible man, not like the universal horror movie villain, but is, uh, is like the wealthiest person ever is a trillionaire. Uh, there's like a trillion dollars of the economy that's just unaccounted for. And so uh, they they suspect that it it all belongs to Sirak, which is terrifying and makes sense if he is like the co-creator of Rehoboam and Insight and everything, that he would be that powerful. We simultaneously find out that there is a mole at Delos that somebody inside of Delos has been feeding Sirak information. And by the end of the episode, to me, it's pretty clear, wondering your take on this, that turns out that Charlotte Hale was the mole. The whole right. time. And so whoever Charlotte is now has figured that out. She's like, oh, it's me. Uh, or it's like it's like kind of me. So I got to I got to call the flag. I got to call the guy up. I've completely forgot how many times Charlotte has double crossed people. <laughs> and I think that the host is having the same problem. Wait, yeah, who, yeah. who's my allegiance? What am I? Oh, we're working on that. Oh, just as right. I thought. Oh, I knew I knew you were going to say that. Of course, I'm the mole. Yeah. So like I. I feel for this host because it's not easy being Charlotte Hale. I do not know where her loyalties lie. I still am confused about that. 
Well, so in in the first season, there was the Teresa character who is um, Bernard's lover and Bernard kills her and she was smuggling data out of the park. And one of the big mysteries of season one is what is the data? uh, What is she smuggling out of the park? And season two seemed to clarify that, that it's that they've been like, you know, mapping everybody's consciousness and brain pieces as they're rolling into Westworld so that they're working on their like resurrection machine, the resurrection project. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it just had always, I had always just kind of assumed that that was being smuggled out of the park for Delos. And I think that the development this week is actually a pretty important one for the Westworld mythology is that it seems like Charlotte was actually betraying Delos and was trying to give this information over to this other guy, to to Serac, who's in charge of Insight, totally different company that he's been working on uh, buying Delos out. What he wants all of this for when his you know professed mission statement to Maeve in last week's episode is he's here to save humanity, uh, that they're at war and he wants to save humanity. What is he planning on doing with all of this data? He clearly very, very badly wants it. He wants to find Dolores. Little does he know he's talking to Charlotte, who is connected to Dolores. And if, if he knew any better, he could just like shake her and be like, hey, tell me where Dolores is at. Uh, but to, to Charlotte's credit, she plays a pretty good game of playing like, I don't know. You know more than me. Uh, Why don't so, you so, tell me what you want me to get? I thought it was a pretty big reveal uh, <laughs> that the Insight Company is uh, is the one that wants all of this information. So uh, yeah. for, to, to what end? We still do not know. Right. It's becoming more clear. Definitely. Any thoughts on uh, Nathan's new pet? Uh, that was a scary set of scenes with uh, Tommy at the park. Yes. Um, well, I, of course, I really enjoyed that line. I'm beginning to wait. No, I didn't. Yeah, know. she's like, I love that line. Fit. I remember what it's like to be me. Yeah, um, the harder I squeeze, the more I remember. <laughs> yeah. um, that guy deserved deserved everything he got. Yes, yes, and it is interesting to see unknown host start to form an attachment to her, its body, and start to kind of gain more confidence. I'm actually confused about the the dog handler, who he was or what he was doing. Yeah, I think that he was, you know, up to no good with with Nathan, with with her child. Oh, God, it's just uh, independent, though, not working for anybody yeah. else. No, I think just like a bad actor who was, who was his Got intentions it. for okay. Nathan were no good. <laughs> and so Charlotte Hale, zero reservations. Like if she had had some reservations about whatever it was that she and Dolores were working on because she's feeling disconnected from Dolores they seemed to fade away pretty quickly as she was killing this guy. And that's what she's saying is like, oh yeah, I remember I'm supposed to kill people because people are terrible. People are bad. Uh, Yeah. People, people are bad, Uh, but she does seem connected to Nathan. She does seem connected to Charlotte's son uh, and wanting to be a mother that is more akin to what Nathan remembers. So that's tense. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, it's very uncomfortable. (laughs) It's a very uncomfortable season of Westworld here. Um, Anything else from this episode that, that stood out to you that you want to, you want to touch on before we close up? I did want to, um, give a shout out to the song at the end. Uh, yes, doomed, absolutely. You're still playing the game. Doomed by Moses Sumney. Um, as soon as I heard the violin version, I was like, that sounds really familiar. What is that? We're looking at another uh, kind of pop song turned into an instrumental, which I love. Yeah. And uh, so I so I wanted to give a shout out to that. Nice. Uh, yeah, the music this season has been amazing. Uh, Ramin Jawadi's uh, adaptations of all, all of these classic songs, just always, always one of the highlights of any episode. Uh, this season's been no different. Yes. 
Okay, Mariah, we have uh, episode four is coming up next week. The Mother of Exiles. Uh, are we going back to Game of Thrones world? Is this about Daenerys Targaryen? <laughs> oh, we, I wish. We will find out. We will find out. Are they going to uh, cut up Daenerys and send her to Costa Rica? <laughs> they did. They did enough to Daenerys. <laughs> uh, stay away. Stay away from the Mother of Dragons. Uh, the Mother of Exiles coming up. Next week, Mariah and I will be back to talk about it all. Until then, Mariah, you can either freeze your motor functions or have this strawberry milkshake. Your choice. Okay, looks like Mariah turned down the milkshake, and I'm certainly not going to drink it. So I think that that just about does it for us here on Series Regular this week. The Hollywood Reporter's all-in podcast on genre television currently focused on Westworld. We will indeed be back next week talking about the mother of exiles. If you have any questions or comments for the podcast, email us seriesregular at thr.com. You can also, of course, always find me on Twitter. I am at round Howard on Twitter. Check out what we're doing at thr.com slash Westworld, where we have more coverage of the episode up for you. An interview with Tessa Thompson that you can read right now and plenty more coming your way next week week. Until next time, may you rest in a deep and dreamless slumber. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.